All right. Today's daf is daf chaf. We are beginning at the top of chaf amid alaf. Chaf amid alaf. Chaf amid bay is a famous daf in the dorim. Sure, this is a daf. Once you've done it in one cycle, you generally don't forget it. We'll see when we get there. Okay. Now, really, this mishnah is the second part of the mishnah that we began. Uh, on Yudches Amad Beis. In fact, the commentary to the Ran on this Mishnah is at the end, is at, on Yudches Amad Beis because he explains the two Mishnayas together. But the Mishnah deals with, uh, we started, we said, Stam Nadarim, if you remember, we said is Lahachmir, is that when you make a Neder and you don't specific, specify exactly, you leave it unspecified, so we say we go lahachmer. For example, salted meat could mean uh, for for carbon, could mean for avodazara. Yet we, uh, we we interpret it as the stringency, and we discussed exactly is it because of something derived lechumra and it's owned in. But uh, but then we said in the Mishnah, the, uh, he said, but peirushayim or peirusham lahakel. When it comes to the interpretation, we allow for interpretation to be lenient. Now, this Mishnah is dealing with that statement. What does it mean we allow the payers to be lenient? So that's, that's the, the Stamadar Mahachma we dealt with earlier. Now we deal with the second part of that Mishnah that said, Upei Rusham and the interpretation we allow even for a leniency. So let's see. So Zagdad Mishnah, Nadar Becherem. Person made a neder using the term Becherem, right? The Amar, and then he comes back and he said, He said, you know, when I said that my, uh, that the loaf of bread should be also to me like Cherem, I was actually referring to Cherem, the word Cherem is what also mean nets, nets of the sea. Now obviously saying that something should be also to you like the nets of the sea is not a binding nether. So the Ron explains this actually. He says that you could have said, why do you have to come on to uh, the nets of the sea. We said the word cherem allows for two interpretations. It could be char, the charme kahanim, which is not a binding nether, or it's charme hegdish, which is a binding nether. So what do you have to come on to that the person interpreted charme shalyam, nets of the sea? So he said that is the chiddush. The chiddush is even though the person is interpreting it with something that would not seem to be a common usage. The word cherem used either cherem hegdesh or cherem kahanim is more common than a person would be making a nether by the nets of the sea. But the chiddush is that we allow for that interpretation. If that's what the person says he meant, we believe him and we don't make it a binding nether. That's why it's a bigger chiddush that when it says perusha lahakel, we're lenient even if the interpretation that he's giving us is somewhat a far-fetched interpretation. That's the, that's the point here. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, the carbon. So let's say he says, I, uh, I made an error. The loaf of bread to me is like a carbon. Then he came back. He said, what I was talking about is the offerings that they give kings. Offerings they give kings not a binding nether. Even though you use the word carbon, a carbon usually, but we allow for the interpretation that it's not a binding nether. Hare atzmi carbon. I myself am a carbon. The word atzmi can be interpreted as myself. So if I say that I'm a carbon to you, then obviously if that's a binding nether, what am I actually saying? That you are not allowed to get any benefit from me. But then he comes back, 
that, uh, that I have a bone. The word etzim could be myself, but atzmi could be my bone. I have a bone that I keep at home, that when I make neder and I use the word etzim, atzmi, I'm referring to on the bone that I have in the house. That's what I'm referring to. So it says, that I've left it, which is not a binding nether. Making a nether with a mind, the mindset of a, uh, using a, a bone that you have in the house is not considered to be a nether. So anyway, those are examples of where we allow for the person to come back and interpret it in a lenient fashion. Another example. Person said, I'm, I make a nether that my wife is prohibited from getting benefit from me. And it comes back and says, what I was referring to as my first wife. So now, if it would not, the way we would understand it, it means his second wife, she would be also there. But since he comes back and reinterprets it, that he means it's the first wife. That's how he explains That's what he meant. So then, uh, then, then, then he's believed, and it's not a binding there. Or at least not on his wife. It could be on the first one, on the second one. The first wife that I had divorced. Now, Al-Kulan, In all these cases, We don't even need She'ela. Which means, once that interpretation has been given, then it's not a binding nether. If it's not a binding nether, you don't have to go to a Chochem or to a Beistin to get a She'ela, to, uh, to, to remove it. Why? Because the interpretation itself... Right. Now, the one is going to ask, it seems to be... Con- the mission contra- contradicts itself. But if they do come and ask for a She'ela in Beisdin, on Shin Oson, we punish them, umachmirin alehem, and we are strict with them. Divrei Rav Now, obviously, there's got to be some kind of an explanation over here. Why? Because the initial statement said is, you don't even need She'ela. But if the guy comes with She'ela, so it says, On Shinosam, we punish them. And on top of that, we also are strict with them. Now, we're going to see what, what does it mean we punish them and we are strict with them. But let's first understand what's the change of heart. So the way that one is going to explain that if it's a Talmud Chochem who gives the interpretation, so then we can trust that he knows he, he takes Nadarim seriously, and that that's actually what he did mean, even if it's far-fetched, and therefore, what's the Allah of the Talmud Chochem? Ain't Shalim, you don't even need to have She'ela, the nether falls by the wayside on its own. But if the person is an untrustworthy person, so, i.e. an Amaret, so in such a case, and I think the way it reads, I didn't say before I'm saying it, but I think it probably what it reads, he says, if they came and asked the Shailah, then you know, if they're coming to ask the Shaila, then obviously they don't know the Halakha, then obviously they tell me they're, they're, they're Amaratim. So then, even if they give that as the interpretation, we don't allow that to be a way that you just remove the nether. So in such a case, where they made a nether under such circumstances, even if they're claiming that, we have to go through the, uh, uh, to, through the normal rules. So therefore, and what, what is the Halakha in such a case? So we, first of all, we say that we are... Uh, we, we, we're punitive with them. Onshin osam, umachmirin alehem. Now what does it mean, onshin osam, umachmirin alehem? So the, 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 what is going to explain is, there's actually two stringencies over here that, uh, that the Gemara is going to require. Number one is that normally when a person comes to, uh, remove a nether, 
there are two avenues that the Chochem can use that, uh, to, to remove the nether. Number one is that, uh, you can use a Charota. A Charota means, what was your state of mind? Right? Were you upset? Were you angry? Meaning, was this prompted by an emotional, and, and now you have regret, you have charata, we can use that as a loophole of removal. Now that's a much easier way to remove it, doesn't it? Just like a, with the mental state of mind caused the nether and now you don't feel that way, we can remove it. Or that, that's called a charata, right? The other way to do it is a pesach. A pesach means that within, within the nether itself, there might have been aspects that you weren't aware of, right? I'm going to go to the mikveh every day. Well, one second. Did you realize going to the mikveh every day is they don't heat the mikveh uh, uh, in the morning? So now, that's not a question of emotional state of mind. That is a loophole within the nether itself, which is much more difficult. Then you have to like really, uh, you know, get to come to the nitty gritty and go down and try and figure out how to... Uh, so... Um, uh, so, 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 uh, so, onshin, so we'll see this. Onshin osam umachmiran aleyer. Onshin osam actually is going to be that if this person made the nether and then transgressed, he violated the nether, we make him make up the days. We make him make up the days. We don't release him until he makes up the days for the days that he violated. That's the penalty part. And the stringency part is, we're only going to allow him to use a Pesach, we're not going to make it easy that he can use a Charotah. So this, according to Rav Meir, is, we'll see why we're more strict, especially if we're talking about, we're talking about these kind of Nadarim, which aren't actually Nadarim, right, because if they could be interpreted, but, but, but we, we are strict with, 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 with fellows and Amma'aretz, because we don't want there to be a flagrant usage and also can come to abuse because the guy might just make up excuses and it wasn't a real nether when actually it was a real nether. So we're actually more strict in these kind of nadarim where there is avenues that could lead down to abuse of nadarim. So therefore, again, so two things. One, he's going to have to make up the days that he flagrantly violated. And number two, that we don't allow him to use a charotza, he has to use a she'ela. That is the opinion of Rav Meir. What do you mean by make up the days? So, I mean, like, let's say, let's say, it's a, let's say it's in the zeros, okay? And uh, he says, all right, he says, all right, and, and what happened was that uh, he, um, five days went by where he drank wine. And now he comes back and he says that uh, I want, uh, you know, I want to be uh, removed. You make him wait those five days. Right? Or he, or he said, uh, he said that the case, it was a, a loaf of bread, right? And then he ate from the loaf of bread for three days. We'll make him wait three days. Right? So we'll make, make it up, right? Chachamim disagreed with Acher. They say that no, in fact, we do allow for a charoto. Acher means we don't have to have necessarily a, um, what do you call it? Uh, we, we don't have to have a Pesach. We, uh, we can use a Charoto, right? However, And we also go out of our way to teach that these are binding 
and that you should not be uh, that you should not be flagrant in making these kind of nedarim either. Uh, you teach that these are binding so that people aren't going to be uh, flagrant and lead and come to violate other forms of nadarim. So they, the Chachamim are disagreeing in terms of they allow for a charata uh, and, uh, and, 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 and don't require dafka a, a pesach the way Rav Meir says it is. Okay. Uh, the, the Ran learns is that, that there's two arguments going on here number one they also argue about the penalty on the days the Ran learns that they also argue about it says but the Ran seems to learn that on both of the aspects the Chachamim disagree let's go back to it so now, how good a kasha? This point is doubt. The mission itself is, 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 is contradicts itself, right? Amart, Einish, Alin, Lahen, you said these kind of nedorim, that if the person comes back and gives an interpretation which would not make it a binding nether, he doesn't even need a she'ela, you don't even have to go to a base, then you don't have to go to a chokhom. For other tani, right, the next line you said, Im Nishalu, if the person comes and asks the she'ela, because he wants to remove the nether, so aren't you know, so we stringent with him, we penalize him, achmir aleihem, which is much that we are dealing with it like a binding nether. How are you dealing with this? How, how do you reconcile the two lines? On that Amar of Yehuda, Achikatan is what it's saying. That in all of these cases, technically, not a binding nether, he doesn't even need a she'elah. That's when you're dealing with a Talmud Chokhom, and you can trust that even though it's giving you a far-fetched interpretation, he understands the severity, the gravity of Nadarim, and he wouldn't just be making it up if there actually was a binding nether. But when it's an Amaret who is coming now to get a She'ela, the fact that he's coming to get a She'ela on these clearly means he doesn't know that they're not binding, he actually thinks they are, so therefore in such a case, Onshin also, we unity with him, machmirin alav, and astringent with him. Alright. So why is it like this? I understand the second part of Rameya's clause that our machmirin means that we don't allow him to use a charota, as we explained. His emotional state of mind is not what's addressed to remove the netter. There has to be a loophole in the netter itself. But Ella Onshin what's an example of how we are punitive with him? What does it mean we're punitive with, with him? So you're going to sign like you learned in a price. A me, shenozar, type of nether we're dealing with. The person made himself into a nozer. For over al nazirosay. And he violated, he transgressed his nazirus. So this is talking about a regular case. A person made himself into a nozer. And then went and, and, and violated. The next uh, five days he's been drinking wine. And then he comes and he, to the chokhlam and he says, You know what? I want annulment of my nazirus. So retroactively he comes out. I wasn't in violation of the nazirus. So, we don't uh, acquiesce to his request until what? The days of violation have to be uh, made up before we will address his needs to what? To release him from his Nazirus. That's what it means, that we're strict with him.
uh, I'm sorry that I'm sorry to own Shinalab that we are we are punitive with him. That Div Rabbi Yehuda. Now Amar Rabbi Yossi says it really depends on the length of the Nazirus. A, a normal Nazirus is thirty days, but a person can make a Nazirus for six months. Nazirus doesn't have to be specifically with thirty days. So he says like this: When we're dealing with a minimum Nazirus, a minimum Nazirus of thirty days, then okay, making him make up the days, we're not going to punish him more than thirty days, right? Because if a minimum Nazirus is many days, well, but let's say it's a six-month Nazirus, and he was his flagrant violation was two months. We're still not going to require him to make up more than thirty days. So according to uh, According to Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yossi, there is a cap to how punitive we are going to be with him. According to Yehuda, whatever the days of violation were, if it's two months, and make up the two months. According to Rabbi Yossi, I agree we're going to be punitive, but it's never going to be more than what? 30 days of punishment. Rabbi Yehuda's opinion is that however many days you violated for. Which could mean two months, it could be. It could be a three month and a zeros, and two of the months he didn't keep. Right. So why is like this? Then it's sufficient not to make him have to make up more than the thirty days. Since the rule is, we just said that a Beistin do not acquiesce to a person who has been in flagrant violation of whatever nether on Azirus that he has until what? Until he makes up the day of his violation, if there is a based in that do acquiesce without, means they just get, they, they give in right away without making him make up the days of what his violation was, they are not acting appropriately. Right? And, uh, and, and, and Rav Abar Yaakov even adds, Omer, Vishamtin Aleh, we actually put that based in in Cherem. That based in is put into Cherem, because again, they're, they are not following this edict of the Chachamim that will prevent people from being fl- uh, uh, flagrant with their Nadarim or their Nazirus. Right? A person goes, okay, fine, you know what, I can't keep it, and uh, violate, and then I'll go back at the end of the day, I'll just, I'll have the whole thing revoked. No, no. You show people that can't play games like that with Nadarim and Azir, and if you based in is not doing that, then they themselves will put into Khairim for not, not following. Alright. Chachamim or in Paisik and Pesach. Chachamim say, in the case of our Mishnah, we're not talking about the case of a person flagrantly violated, but in the case of our Mishnah, when a person made these type of Nadarim, which are coming back and being reinterpreted with a far-fetched explanation, so we said that when it comes to Amaratsim, we don't let them off the hook. We make it, we make the nadarim binding. So Tana Oilam al Tehiragdobinadarim. So Bryce says that a person in general, this is that that even though the Rachami are lenient in this case, but in general a person should not be um, accustom himself to <laughs> make Nadarim, be flippant with Nadarim. Limol. Now the gears that we have in the Gemara they'll end up uh, violating Shvuos. That, and we said, we learned yesterday that Shavuos is even the more uh, severe in punishment. The others change the gears to, to Nadarim, which then means if, you, if you're not careful in accepting Nadarim upon yourself, even if you are keeping them, but at some point in time, because of your, uh, the, the flippant nature of how you deal with Nadarim, what's going to end up happening is what? You're going to end up violating either Nadar or you're going to violate even worse Shavuos. 
Also, a person should not be found uh, often in the company of an Amma Oret. Because at the end, you're going to be invited over to his house and he's going to end up serving you tevel, which is a chiv misa b'day shamayim, food that has not been tithed appropriately. And al diragal etzel kohen ama oret. And do not be, go visit a kohen as an ama oret. Shasov the lachilcha, the gears that we have in the Gemara, because he will uh, eventually end up feeding you truma. Alright, he's allowed to eat truma. If it's all about you or Yisrael, you'll end up eating truma. The girsa that they add over here, he'll feed you truma tameo. So it's going on a kohen. A kohen should not become buddies with another kohen who is an ama oret, because even though they're both allowed to eat truma, but this person's not going to be careful, the ama oret, and he'll end up giving you truma, but what's going to be the problem? It'll be truma tameya, which is a violation. The kohen's not allowed to eat truma tameya. Fa'al tarbe sicha ima isha, this is from Turkey, Obis, person should not be so comfortable and have lots of uh, uh, conversations with women, because that will lead to uh, adultery, promiscuity, therefore a person has to be careful, limit his face time. Anybody that gazes, gazes usually just means not looking, but it means usually looking with intent. That anybody that gazes as women, at women, sova bali de avera, ultimately it will lead to avera. Anybody who gazes again with intent at the heel, even the heel of a woman, place which is normally covered, it will end up causing him to have children that are, uh, means that, that, that have characteristics Character flaws. They'll have behavioral issues, character flaws. Now, we'll see if this is euphemistic, if they heal, or it's literal. That's the one I'm going to discuss. So, I'm Rabbi the Ishta Nida, and it even doesn't have to be any woman. It could even be your own wife, but it is during the time when she is prohibited to you, when she is a Nida. Now, I'm Rabbi Lakish, Akeva Diktani. He says, Akeva here does not, should not be interpreted as literally. It's Bemokamatinophis. It's actually referring to her genital area. So why is it called her heel, right? He says, Because that is a straight line up to her genitals, and that's why it refers to her heel, and it's more euphemistic, but that's what it's referring to. So that is where there will be problems with the, with the, the character and nature of the children. Tanya, we learned in a brysa. Bavutia Yurasa Al Panechem said that Akarbor who gave us the Torah, we had the Sinaitic event, in order that we should have the fear of Hashem on our faces. What does it mean that the fear of Hashem should be on our faces? Zubusha. That means that there should be embarrassment. Embarrassment, a person having embarrassment is considered to be a good midah, that that's the purpose the Torah is given to us to create that people should be embarrassed. In there, that we should, that, that, that should be something we're sensitive to doing things that are not appropriate. The vil detecto, that'll co- prevent us from sinning. From here we learn that the embarrassment brings a person to fear of sin. And based on this, we say, uh, they said, that an embarrassed person is a good sign. 
embarrassment, being on a person that has embarrassment, is a good sign. The others say is that a person that has embarrassment will not come to sin quickly. On the other hand, someone that has, does not have this midah of embarrassment, it's a sign that somewhere they way back Genetically, something got messed up, and his forefathers did not stand at Har Sinai because that's part of the spiritual DNA of a Jew. By Shonim, by Shonim is that we have this meter of Busha. Amr Rabbi Yochanan ben Dahavoy, Dalit Vorim Sochali Malache Hashores. The Malache Hashores taught me; they they told me four things. One, Chigrin. Why do we find people that are lame that have issues with walking? Why do they happen? That because literally means because they overturn their tables when they're having tashmish intimacy with their wives, they overturn the tables. Now the Rashi over here brings down to Pshatim. The Ran discusses it. It is a question what this means. Some say it means that it is having bia shalokadarka, having bia anally. That's a, that is called the turning over of the tables. Others learn it means, it doesn't mean necessarily but it means that the man is behind the woman. That's what it refers to. But because, Rashi, the, the, the Ran brings down, because the, pers- the, the woman's thighs were not being used appropriately, it somehow manifests itself that the children that are born through that intimacy will have issues with their own legs. Right? That's how the Tosa seems to understand it. There are others that learn that actually that it's not referring to the children, but it's referring to the person. Right? That, that's how, why do we have people that are, have issues with, with walking? Is because they themselves were not careful in this sensitivity. But that's not the simplest trap. The simplest trap, as we go through the Gemara, is somehow it, it causes a spiritual defect in the children. Which I get, you have to understand, if it's via Shalokadarka, then obviously the children are not going to be born from that intimacy. Right? That's not a meaning. But it somehow impacts on the person that he will now transmit this over to when he does have children. Uh, why do we find that we have children with speech defects, with speech impediments, because of husbands that kiss the genitalia of their wives? And why do we find children that are deaf? Because they converse during intimacy. The more we'll circle back to this, if that's uh, to be taken uh, literally. Why do we find uh, children that are blind? Again, assuming it's done on the children, not on the on 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 the, on, on the adults. But Why do we find children that are blind have, have uh, sight issues? Because of the men that gaze. At the, uh, uh, at the genitalia of their wives. Viraminahu. Samara asks the following contradiction. We, at, we said over here that speech during Tashmish intimacy is considered to be negative, obviously, if it causes 
defects in the children. So Shalua's Ima Shalom, Ima Shalom was the mother of Rabbi Eliezer. They asked her, Mipnei Ma Banayich Yefeifin Beyoser. How was it that you were Zohar to have such handsome me- uh, children? The children are, 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 are spectacularly uh, is, uh, looking. So Amralahen says, Aini Mesaper, Aino Mesaper Imi, my husband, literally it means would not converse with me. Alright? Uh, it's interesting because the word intercourse, right? It's referring to intercourse in, 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 in English as well. Intercourse can either mean, uh, uh, could be intimacy, but also intercourse could use like social intercourse. They could also be used, but that's what it's using here as a euphemism. He would not have relations with me. Not at the beginning of the night and not at the end of the night. Rashi, the Ram says over here it means when, 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 uh, people are awake and talking, that you should not hear another woman speaking through the walls of your room and then think about her during the time when you're intimate with your own wife. So therefore, he would not have relations with me, not in the beginning of the night and not at the end of the night. When there's total silence and nobody, there's nobody to be heard. And when he does literally uh, speak, when he does have intercourse with me, he would uncover only one tefach of clothing and keep another tefach clo- clo- uh, covered. The, the Iran brings down over here that, uh, that two tefachim is what a person uncovers when he goes to the bathroom. So it's saying over here is that he would even uncover less than when he would go to the bathroom. He would only keep one cover, one only open, uncover one tefach and keep one tefach covered. Vedoma lafkamisha kafay shade, and uh, he would be. He would, uh, the, he would finish the act of intimacy uh, as quick as possible as if he's been terrorized by a demon. Now, the, the couple of things here, the, the, the Mephorshim speak out. Number one is that in other places we find that actually it is preferable that a person not be clothed during intimacy. And it's actually the right of the woman to demand that there be kirubasar, that be flesh on flesh. That's number one. And number two also the Mephorshim all speak out that it is required that the man fulfill or satisfy the desire of the woman and that it's not about uh, finishing as quick as possible like a, the demon. So they discuss how that works if these are just specific people on a certain high level, but that's not necessarily practically what the halacha is. Now, and I asked him, Tam, why is it that you are, are you act like you're being terrorized in such haste? I want to make as little time as possible that these are all things to avoid having to think about another woman during the time of intimacy. And that we like as if the children would be mamzerim. So on a very high spiritual level, if you're thinking about another woman at the time when you're having a relation with your wife, it's as if the children are mamzerim. Anyway, the, that point is over here. And before you say the question, we're trying to ask a question. We said before that there should be no social, uh, there should be no socializing, no inter- uh, verbal interaction during the time of Tashmish. But here, two points either. First of all, the fact that the euphemistic term for Tashmish is Mesaprim, is speaking, 
Yeah, how could you use a euphemism of something that actually is usr? Some say that's where the question's coming from. Others are that she actually asked him, why are you behaving this way? Why is it not, not, not in the end of the night, or the beginning of the night? Why is it that you're acting like a terror? You're being terrorized by a, uh, uh, what's his name? By a shade. The point that it's making is that she asked him this during Tashmish. So you see that at, even at the highest level, there was communication, uh, there was verbal communication going on. And that the more answers, Lord Kasha, He says, as long as, you know, we're not talking about the weather, as long as it is specifically targeted to the intimacy and the, uh, the Mephorshim speak out, that it's there to arouse the passions of the man and the woman, so it's being used in a way, so it's something concerning the intimacy itself, that is not a problem of speaking uh, during Tashmish. Am Rabbi Yochanan, Zud Rabbi Yochanan, the Havai, these stringencies are all the opinion of the Tanner of Yochanan and the Havai. Disagree with this. does not follow that any act the man wants to do with his wife, Osa, he is permitted to do. And you can compare it to meat that as soon as it's been slaughtered, it comes from the house of the slaughterer, from the Yeratzalachlo uh, Bemelach, if you just want to dip it in salt and eat it that way, Ochlo, you can eat it, sleep, you want to roast it, Ochlo, Mebushal, you want to prepare it even longer, you want to, you want to cook it, then you could Shalak, you want to stew it, it's even longer, Ochlo, you can eat it in any way that will bring you the maximum satisfaction, and therefore the same thing applies over here, uh, that you can have whatever form of relations you want with your uh, wife, as long as it brings the two of you maximum satisfaction. The Ram has two caveats. Number one, he quotes the Rambam in saying is that, however, a person has to be careful that he does not come to the Moti Shifa Zerolevatolo, that he should not be uh, uh, spilling seed in vain, that that is, even though a person can have different forms of intercourse, but a person has to be careful from that. And number two, the uh, Shulchan Aruch brings down also, is that uh, uh, that that uh, kissing uh, the genitalia is prohibited for another reason, because he says it violates Baal Teshaktsu, which is that it's something that is disgusting, that a person shouldn't do, and that is not the way the, uh, the Shulchan Aruch is paskening, that is not included in that a person is allowed to do whatever he would like to do. V'chein, and similarly, dag habomi beisatayi, the same thing like a fish that comes from the uh, fisherman's uh, uh, store, is that you can eat it in any way you want. You can eat it raw, you can eat it cooked. Similarly, a person can have relations in any way or fashion. So it says that the angels told him this. So who are the angels? He said, it's Rabbonon. The Rabbonon were the ones that told Yochanan bin Davai this. He didn't hear it from actual angels. It's referring to the Rabbonon. We'll see why as angels. Because if they were actually angels that told him this, so my am Rabbi Yochanan and Allah Rabbi Yochanan bin Davai. How can we paskin against the angels? Ha'inu bekibetzuras of blood. They are the ones that are experts in the formation of a fetus. And if they are telling us that these 
uh, behaviors lead to these defects within a, in a fetus, so how could we not paskin that that's the halacha? Obviously, it's not coming from the angels, it's coming from the Talmud HaChomim, and it's referencing them as angels. Vamai, uh, so therefore, they, because they were the key of the Tzuras of Latfei, they were very makbid, very, very, uh, 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 astute and knowledgeable concerning the formation of the Vlad. Vamai Karlu Melocha Ashara, so why are Chachomim referred to as angels? The Metzainik Melocha Ashara. So it's interesting, Rashi in, Masech Shabbos learns because they dress like angels, they dress in white. Here the Ran says because they separate themselves from the masses, they're like in a separate class, they uh, don't lower themselves to the masses in terms of the behaviors or the inappropriateness of the masses, so they consider like angels. There was a certain woman that came to Rebbe. I prepared the table, it means I prepared myself for Tashmish with my husband, and he overturned the table. Again, either he had be a Shalokadarka or uh, he had be a from behind. So Amra La Biti Torah Itirasech. He said, uh, "My daughter, my, the Torah permits it, meaning that he's not doing anything that's really in violation." As we saw, the Torah permits it. So what can I do for you? Meaning, you're not happy that he did it. I understand, but it's not in violation necessarily with Torah law. Woman came to Rab Amra Loi Rebbe Arach the Shulchan again. I prepared the table for him. He turned it over. Amar Amar Maishna Benisa. Why is it any different than fish? Just as fish, you let him eat the fish any way he likes it prepared. So therefore, here too, he's allowed to have Tashmish in any way that he would want. We say Krishna, Lesuru should not follow the desires of your heart. Right, right. Don't do not deviate and go off the derech, following the desires of your heart. From here, Rebbe said that al Person has to be careful that he does not follow the desires of his heart. Don't drink from one cup when your mind is on a, another cup. Which basically what it's saying is that during time of Tashmish, the focus should be on the woman that you are having relations with. Do not think about a different woman at that time. That is considered to be He said, that's not even if it's a woman that you're not married to. It's even if a person has two wives. So what's the difference? He has got both wives. Here the Mephorshim deal with Yaakov Avinu that he thought that it was Leia and it was Rachel, not a violation of the Torah. But anyway, the point is, even if it's your own wives, you should not think about the other one. Now, Pesach says like this. This is a Pesach in Yechezkel. It says, that I will purge I will purge from you the ones that, re, uh, that, that, that rebel and sin flagrantly against me. All right? They will be removed. At that, that, the times of Mashiach, they will be purged and removed. So now, who is that referring to? Um, it's going to be uh, children that have these nine flaws, character, character flaws that are caused by the parents having relations in, uh, with, uh, in, in a way that's not considered appropriate. Now, they're called the Bnei Asnas Mashgach. Each letter refers to a different case of the nine. What are the Asnas Mashgach? The first category is Bnei Ema. They're children that are born because the, the, the husband imposes fear upon the wife and she's afraid to say no. So therefore, that child is going to be spiritually damaged uh, because of it. 
Bnei Anusa, that's actually even worse. That's a, that the, the husband rapes the wife, forces the wife. Those children are, have, have some spiritual damage to them. Bnei Snua, where the husband has relations even though he hates the wife. Bnei Nidui, the, chi- the husband is in Nidui. The husband's been put into, uh, into Nidui, Cherem, and you're not allowed to have relations during that time. So children are born from that. That's a, the third, uh, that's the, uh, the, the, the fourth category. B'nai Tmura. B'nai Tmura is referring to a person that mixes up which wife is having relations with her and he thinks it's one of his other wives and it's really this, it's a different wife. Those children are going to be considered B'nai Tmura. That's what they ask the Kasha. Why isn't Reuben considered B'nai Tmura? Well, not for now. B'nai Mariva. That when you're fighting, person has to have, it should be Shalom Bayes when you have relations. If it's in the middle of a fight, they should not be having relations. B'nai Shechris, where they're drunk. Either party is drunk. Again, the Ran seems to learn because you'll have in mind for a uh, a different a a a a a, a different woman, oh, and, and when she's drunk, she might be nida, and not tell you that she is nida. B'nai Grusha, Halev, you plan on your heart divorcing your wife, you should no longer be having relations with her. Again, it causes spiritual damage. Meir Vuvya, Meir Vuvya is referring to where she had relations with multiple men and we don't know who the child is. Some say this falls in the category where she didn't wait for three months. A woman didn't wait for three months from one husband to another is called Bnei Ervuvia. Bnei Chatsufa. Chatsufa is where she solicited the husband for relations. It's chutzpah. She was, she brazenly said to the husband, I want you to have relations with me. That's considered to be a negative thing we'll talk about in a moment. And the children are damaged. Pregmar Aini, is that so? We're going to ask a question that we know that when Rachel and Leah coming up the parches now, is that Rachel purchased the right to have Yaakov come to her tent for the Dudoyim, for the uh, lilies or whatever it is, of, of, uh, uh, that she gave her sister. And, 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 and when Yaakov came home from the field, she said, you're coming to my tent. So the Chorav, you tell him, he's a bit, and, a bit, and who was born? Yisachar. The Yisachar was the, 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 the Talmud Chacham of Klai Yisrael, was born from there. You tell him, he, that's a negative thing. So how could Leah have done this? And look, Yisachar came out. That any time when a woman solicits her husband, right, for Tashmish, the children are going to be so, such great spiritual specimens that aren't, weren't even in the generation of Moshe Rabbein. What does that mean? Because when, when Moshe was choosing the, the, the judges, it says, The instruction was, let's get men that are wise, they have, they have certain levels of understanding. When he actually chose them, it says they took Anoshim Chachamin, it says they couldn't find Navonim. Level of Navonim, of that level of understanding, they couldn't find for the judges of the times of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right? By Yisachar it says, it was Chamar Goyrem, he is a, a, a large boned uh, donkey, like he carries the weight of Torah. They, are, they did have Bina. They had that capacity of Bina. And Yisachar was the one who was born from a case where Leah solicited her husband. So you're telling me that's a bad Mita, the Chorah, even, even you have children like, the, like Yisachar who comes out from that, right? What says, is that by Leah, and the answer, she didn't solicit him directly. She said, you will come to my tent. Means indirectly showing the husband that you are interested 
that is considered to be a good thing because that creates the greater desire and passion. And the, if, if a woman it creates greater desire and passion of the husband, the children come out much more perfected. And therefore, that's not a negative thing. When is it a negative thing? Is when it's done without a filter, when it's done in a way that's much more in a crass manner. That is when it is considered to be a negative thing and the children are damaged. Hadran Allah Eva Eilu Mutarim, Hadran Allah Eilu Mutarim, Hadran Allah Eilu Mutarim.